Hello, everybody. I'm Hannah. And I'm Kylie. And you're listening to Back Up for Grabs. Today, we're going to be discussing um, a recap of season one and our thoughts going into season two. I think Hannah found some <laughs> oh dear <laughs> questions online and superlatives that we think we can place some of the cast into. Yeah, so we'll talk about starting with um, kind of just some basics. So now that we've had kind of a, what, 13 seasons worth of challenges, um, we're going to talk about our... 13 episodes? Yes. Daylight Savings has ruined (laughs) us, okay? We're going to preface that now. (laughs) Oh, man. We should have given ourselves like a buffer to record for like a month after Daylight (laughs) Savings. Anyway, so now that we've had quite a few episodes worth of challenges to discuss with at least two challenges per episode um we thought it would be fun to talk about what our favorite one was um i'll start since i have no idea what kylie's is and i know it's not the same as what i think (laughs) um am i i talked about this in the episode where you know it actually happened but my favorite are always the how well do you know your tribe mates trivia challenges i think it's so fun and i think it really speaks into like who is a good person (laughs) Um, cause sometimes it surprises you, like who actually remembers things about other people, especially people that, um, either left early or that that person didn't appear to be close with during the actual season. Um, so that, yeah, I was surprised about who won the challenge for season one, Kelly. You were surprised? I feel like out of the people left, she was the one. Yeah, okay, maybe out of the people left, but she really did know the answer to basically every question, including, you know, people about the other tribe and... There was a little bit of an issue of, was it genuine in her getting to know everybody? And she talked about that in Final Tribal. And I think it was, because she didn't know this challenge was coming down the line, so. Right. And I think from here, you almost, because they stopped doing this kind of challenge for a while, because I think people started being, like, kind of militant about. What's your mom's name? Remembering everything. Yeah, and then it just kind of turns insincere, which is, like, not really the point. Right. Um, Nope. Yeah, so as far as, like. I don't know, getting to know the actual contestants, which is a big part of why I enjoy Survivor. I think this is one of the best challenges for that. Um, But then as far as entertainment value, I really do enjoy the food challenges. Um, I love the food challenges. So I did write that down just because I don't think this one was even particularly that entertaining. Um, But just the concept of food challenges brings me a lot of joy. Um, I used to love watching Fear Factor. Yes. It's... Just for the food, though, because a lot of Fear Factor I can't do, but the food, yes. I think Fear Factor is why I have a fear of small things. <laughs> it, it yeah, we haven't talked about that before. <laughs> it'll, it'll come up probably a couple more times. Um, I would have put the food challenge, but like you kind of said, this particular one was a little anticlimactic. I mean, other than the fact that Jervis made a big deal about the original larva thing. <laughs> Yeah, other than grub. that, they only and they only had to eat that one food item rather than all of the different wonderful entrees that Jeff presents to them in the future. If they can fairly be um, described as entrees, right? <laughs> um, but those were those were good ones. I liked those. What was your favorite challenge? So Jeff decided to name the challenges <laughs> in season one, and this one came to mind original or like immediately but I had to look up the name because 
I'm like that. Because why would you know it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so it's called Squared Off, and it's the one where they were on that tile grid, and oh, they the had to the... they had to flip them over and eliminate people. And I I loved that. It was kind of one of the first strategic challenges we had this season, um, and it showed a lot about what they thought about each other and the fact that they were acting strategic in the challenge. And so yeah. That was also a fun one to watch, and it was one of the few where we could actually hear the contestants' commentary during it, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is always a treat because it's fun to know what's going through people's heads, right. and we don't really get that luxury with the uh, early 2000s camera capabilities. <laughs> yeah, and they do this challenge later in future seasons, so I thought it was a good first. That's how you know that, like, the audience responded well, or, like, the producers thought that it was a good kind of showcase, I guess, of what the show's about. Yeah. Okay. Who is your favorite player? <laughs> um, I will always stand Jenna. <laughs> I will say that I do think she gets a little more annoying in All-Stars later, but as an actual person and as a contestant in season one, she was my favorite. I would have to agree because I think I've mentioned when we were talking about it, she's who I would have wanted to align with. Mm-hmm. I think she adapted well to both her own tribe and post-merge. And she had the ability to befriend people who otherwise likely would not have liked her. I think she was the original social game player without knowing she was a social game player. Mm -hmm. Um, I find it funny that you liked her so much, though, because I feel like usually the girly girls are, like, not ones that you... (laughs) But she had, like, a really good work ethic, and that's what I think I Mm -hmm. admire about her. Like, she was willing to just go work with Gretchen. She was willing to, you know make friends with Sue in that capability, so. Yeah. She was a good cheerleader, and I think yeah, not a lot of them maybe this season made an effort to keep things upbeat. <laughs> um, At times they were a little too upbeat, and I do admit that, <laughs> but I... Matter I, of preference. We, we like her best. <laughs> okay, and then we kind of discussed this last week a little bit as far as, like, the actual tribal council part of it of when it was down to Richard and Kelly but if you had the option of picking anybody from this season as your winner who would you pick I mean it's it's got to go to Richard he he came in to play survivor to win it and he knew what he was going to do from the very beginning and I mean he he did that he there was there's a little debate of whether he was the original one to start alliances and whether he was the original one to you know have any type of strategy Mm mm-hmm but what he did worked, and it got him to the end, and he made just enough um, people happy enough with him <laughs> to win. So it's, it's yeah. got to be Richard. That's fair. I also picked Richard, and I think I was basing that. We're both pretty much people that I feel like base things almost entirely on gameplay. I don't particularly like Richard. I think, like, I really wish that someone namely Jenna or Kelly or really anyone had come into it with a kind of strategy because then I would have been able to pick the people I like versus the person that I think played the game best. Yeah. But. Yeah, you and I really do respect strategy, but I think in future seasons, various strategies will have us <laughs> a- differing and who appeal we. Appeal to different yeah, people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, like you said, Richard was the only one that really came in with strategy. And so. I'm really excited to get into seasons that we don't agree on. I think it'll make for an interesting (laughs) commentary. Both for people and (laughs) strategy-wise. 
Okay, so we'll scoot into, this is kind of like a yearbook superlative style situation. So um, we each picked answers, which I think most of ours are not the same on these, but um, all right, we're picking from all 16 contestants from the season. So first is most likely to become president. I'm picking Sean. And I chose Greg. <laughs> I'm thinking that Sean just has, you know, a kind of a chill vibe, but people listen to him. Like, he was picked to go on the little retreat with Jenna and be, like, their decision maker in that aspect. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know, Sean. Are we sure they didn't choose him just to get away from him for a while? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I do think Sean has a certain amount of charisma, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he's a very warm person, like you said. So yeah. that could maybe be good in me talking as if I have any kind of political experience right. to speak of. We're just going, um, going with it. I chose Greg. I think he's smart. He's an Ivy League graduate. Um, and I think he's capable of kind of being a social chameleon in the sense that he can sense what um, the situation needs from him or what will make him the most liked I think that kind of broke down a little bit after the merge when he couldn't quite get Richard to, you know, buddy up with him. Um, But Richard might have just been threatened because he recognized that Greg did have that sense of leadership and some strategic sense going on. Exactly. Richard is a douche canoe. Um, (laughs) So with that, like, I think if you were to ask the the contestants on the island who would have been the most likely to become president, I think they would have all voted Greg. That's fair. Well, especially um, since Gretchen was like, oh, he's a natural leader. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think that's kind of part of it, too, is, like, he, that's, like, you just naturally where he falls in kind of the order of things, whereas I feel like... Which did surprise me. Sean is more of an individualist from what we saw. That's fair. But I'm pretty much basing that comment entirely off of his voting <laughs> strategy, air quotes. Um, yeah, I could see either one of them, though. Like, I don't... Yeah, disagree with Sean. I would have been mad if you picked someone like Colleen or like Sue. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> okay, next up is most likely to win the lottery but then lose the ticket. Mm. I picked Greg. <laughs> and that was mainly because of everything that happened post-merge. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, we got way m- too much, in my opinion, of his personality after that. <laughs> and um, I didn't... I didn't like him after that. He did so. kind of have the absent-minded professor persona mm-hmm. going on pre-merge. I put Jervis. That's a good one. Jervis just seems like the kind of person to me that, like, doesn't really try that hard, but good things just seem to happen to him. Um, but that he's so forgetful that, you know... I like that answer. He might not have kept track of it super <laughs> great. <laughs> okay. Most likely to win an Olympic gold medal. I picked Kelly based off of her athletic capabilities that she believes she possesses. <laughs> Believing you can is half the battle, right? Yes. <laughs> and she also said that she did competitively do Row? crew or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I put Joel. I don't know that he's actually super athletic, but he looks like he is. That he javelin that. throw thing that he did was impressive. Oh, see, I wish I would have remembered that and then I could have said that so it looked <laughs> like I had a reason other than he has the best abs. I'm helping you. Yeah, thanks. Good. So Joel and Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> Coming at you in the 2024 Olympics. There you go. <laughs> Probably not anymore. Uh, best voice. I had difficulty with this one, but I ended up picking Gretchen. 
Okay. I actually did almost pick Gretchen. She has a very, like, calm, kind of peaceful yeah. sort of... And no, not too much yelling. I mean, no super high-pitched tones every now and then. Like, I, I was fine with it. I picked Stacy. I don't think she was around long enough for me to really remember her voice, but I've, I did remember at some point throughout the season, most people's voices annoyed me yes. at some point or another. And I feel like I'm very sensitive to that kind of thing. Like, I don't like my own voice. Most people's voices I'm not, like, a huge fan of. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. I thought Jenna's was kind of raspy sometimes. Like Or high-pitched sometimes. Sue's always graded. Just, and it's, it's partially because of her accent. I know that. I yeah. feel bad about it. But When Richard talked to the camera, I enjoyed that. But then when he talked to his tribe mates, it was different. Because mm. you and I kind of talked about this. He had a different vibe when he talked to us versus them. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, class heartthrob. Well, we know who you're picking. <laughs> um, I put Joel, um, or if we were gonna go, like, females, I'd probably say Colleen, just because she has kind of a feminine, like, hmm. uh, not, like, take care of me vibe, because I think she's capable, but, you know, just in the way that she interacted with Greg or, like, whatever else, she seems kind of like the cutesy, flirty person. I like that. Um, and Joel is just hot, so. I, I also <laughs> based it off of, you know... Just physical, it's gonna be Joel. So, how about if you had to pick a girl? Um, I like your assessment of Colleen. She kind of did bring the girls together post merge. Um, I think she was the most girly out of all of them, rather than like Jenna being the starting, like starting that group. Mm. Um, so I mean, I I like your assessment, Joel or Colleen. For... Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, and then we did teacher's pet. <laughs> I said Dirk. I just feel like the guy that walks around with a Bible and, like, wants to keep everyone happy is, like, probably going to be the person collecting everyone's math drill papers and, you know, <laughs> staying in from recess to, like, wipe down the chalkboard and stuff, so. That does make sense. Yeah, I picked Colleen. I didn't know who to pick for this one. She just seemed like she wouldn't push anybody's buttons. That's fair. She seemed very, you know submissive in that regard so yeah and I think we saw her in a lot of situations where we knew because of her camera interviews that she was irritated but wouldn't show it necessarily mm -hmm. um and seemed to be for the most part like on the good side of the people in power yeah even when they voted her out no one was like oh it's because she's annoying like <laughs> it was just like she's not in the alliance therefore bye-bye she has to go yeah mm -hmm. okay this one was my favorite most likely to survive the Hunger Games. <laughs> okay. I picked Richard, and I mainly based that off of his interaction with the deadly snake. <laughs> and if he can survive that, then he could maybe win the Hunger Games. With um, very little common sense or fear. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't find him that athletic, and from my recollection of both the books and movies, you have to be a little bit more athletic than maybe Richard is. Hmm. But strategic-wise, or strategy-wise, like, I think he would do well. That's fair. Yeah. And, I mean, to some extent, he basically treated Survivor like the Hunger Games <laughs> in that he was not afraid to cut people's throats, metaphorically speaking. So, if we translated that, That's I think he would fare good, pretty well. Good analogy. <laughs> um, I put Sue... And that's mostly based on, I don't think she would have any qualms about, like, if she heard the rule was, like, kill everyone else, and you'll get eternal riches forever, that she would do that. 
Um, one, because I don't think she cares about people that much. Two, because she seems to be very financially motivated, which is based off of a lot of the comments she made kind of closer to the end of like, this is all about the money and, you know, it's a million dollars and she just seemed very fixated on that. That's fair. Um, which, I mean, I could, we should do an in-depth analysis on the Hunger Games next, <laughs> people, like the only reason they could convince kids that it was a good idea to like do that is to tell all of the, is to tell all of the poor kids that, you know, if you do this and you win, you know, your life, your family's life, everyone's life is just going to be so much better and you'll be like at the top of society instead of the bottom of it blah 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 and I feel like that I don't know uh temptation would be um very motivating to sue I can see that okay so that kind of wraps up our season one recap that's kind of weird <laughs> yeah we're done with season one feels like it's been a long journey <laughs> if you guys have opinions or disagree with what we have said so far, go ahead and let us know. You can head on over to our Instagram and comment on literally any of our episode graphics yes. throughout the season. Um, or just hit us up in a DM. Okay, so now we're going to do kind of a quick like preview of um, season two, which we have not watched full length for a long time. years probably, yeah. Um, so having done about zero research, we tried to come up with what we could from what we remember, what we're looking forward to, what we're excited about. We also watched, um, a trailer, which seemed like it was maybe just more of like the first few seconds of the first episode of Jeff's like, here's what to expect this season, um, sort of thing. So a few notable thoughts from Jeff was that surviving the social politics is what this game is all about. Um, I don't think I've ever heard him say that. No, and he really kind of sets the tone for what he's hoping Survivor is, which is social politics of how do you interact with other people and how do you, you know, navigate those types of relationships when those aren't the people that you'd usually be around in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And Jeff also describes tribal council as delicious, um, <laughs> which <laughs> I don't think I've heard from him before either, or maybe since then. <laughs> I found um, Jeff to be a little ruthless. He said, oh, <laughs> Borneo gave them shade. These trees won't. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we should. So this season two is going to take place in the Australian outback, um, which we were talking. I don't think they've ever been back to Australia since yeah, this season. I don't season, think so. Which could have something to do with whatever everything that happened. Permits they had to get or something to go there, what yeah. actually went down. I also am pretty sure this season was 42 days instead of 39, but he said 39 mm. earlier, so yeah, 42 days. Interesting. Um, it was filmed October 23rd through December 2nd. Hmm. Third. Sorry. October 23rd through December 3rd. <laughs> okay. Um, we came up with a short list of contestants <laughs> that we remembered, which was also pretty impressive considering... We haven't seen this in forever. Right. But some notable mentions are... Uh, I put Elizabeth, now Hasselback, but I mm. forget what her name was before. I do not remember. Um, I really liked her. She was sweet, I thought, on the season. Uh, I put Jeff Varner. Um, he becomes 
a very notable cast member later highly on. Highly controversial contestant in later seasons, but he was pretty chill in this one. He was young. He was. I forget about that. Um, I mentioned Colby. I always just picture him with his hat. That's my image of Colby in my head. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about Tina Wesson. Mm-hmm. She's come back a few... I think a few times. I think so, too. But now I don't remember. At least one more. I know she was asked to come back on season 40, The Winners at War, and she declined. Mm. Um, probably because she's older now. Um, we put down Scoopin. My- Michael Scoopin. But mm-hmm. he is Scoopin. He was slightly problematic this season. Which we will get to. Um, Jerry, who mm-hmm. definitely comes back for her love affair with Coach later. <laughs> also has a notable hat. Yeah, I feel like they all really embrace the whole, like, Australian Outback sort yeah. of theme with that. And then one of our personal favorites, Amber, who didn't do much, actually, this season at all. I actually did forget she was in this season. <laughs> this is not what I know her for. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, so then we talked about some big moments, and the first one, and mainly the only one that I truly remember from this season, is the fire incident with the first medical evacuation. Yeah, the rest of these that we came up with are more like themes. Yeah. Not necessarily big moments, but um, yeah. the There was just a lot of drama socially yes, this season. Yes, lots of drama. Pretty continuously throughout, too. Um, so, and continuing to future seasons. Yes. So Jerry and Colby was a big mm-hmm. rivalry. This is probably where she gets her one of her nicknames, right? Is she a... Yeah. For some reason, that popped into my head just now that she Colby calls her a lot of names. I'm pretty sure she's the Black Widow, right? Maybe. That's my guess. Okay. Well, we'll when you find say out. Black Widow, I associate that with Parvati's Black Widow Brigade later. Uh, and... Okay, what about I'm thinking them? I'm gonna look it up. I don't know. But he's he's not very kind to her. No. Which, she's annoying, so it's fine. Um, I remember one specific example where she was talking about, like, how she... She almost is talking as if she's, like, sexually attracted to chocolate because they're just discussing, like, all the things that they miss at some point. And he, like, has this interview where he's like, I don't want to hear about you licking chocolate (laughs) off your fingers or whatever. But uh, another one that we talked... Well, not a moment necessarily, but just Australia as a location. um, Their weather was pretty Horrible. Horrible. Um, Super hot all the time. Their camp got destroyed at least once. I'm pretty sure more than once. Um... Because they were right along a river that was, like, not very um, predictable. (laughs) Or sanitary. Yeah, it just, their camp seemed dirty. Like, I remember thinking, like, ooh, they are not doing well. No. (laughs) And one of the other things I remember, which is not, like, a moment or anything, but that Colby's personal item was a giant American flag. Well, and just the fact that they're still allowed to bring personal items at this point, I think we commented on. Yeah, which they might still be, and we just never see them. That's true. Or they're, like, smaller, so they're always in their bags or something. It's like, oh, this is a picture of my family. Yeah. I remember them using his flag as, like, a tarp Hmm. at some point. These are all very hazy memories, to be clear. Yeah, we haven't really seen this episode, or this season, for a long time. Yeah. All right. So, with that, we're going to do birthdays for the next two weeks. Yes. So, on... April 3rd, 
Happy birthday to Lillian Morris from season 7 and Nina Acosta from season 24. On April 4th, happy birthday to Kelly Zarnecki. I'm so sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, from season 17, and Matt Bischoff from season 26. April 5th is Liliana Gomez from season 14, Matt Quinlan from season 24, Jessica Johnston from season 35, and Rick Devins from season 38. Uh, there are no birthdays on April 6th, but on April 7th we have Dan Rengering from... Nope. On April 7th, we have <laughs> PG Law from season 15 and season 31, and Dan Rendering, Rangering from season 37. On April 8th, it seems fitting to wish happy birthday to our season 1 winner and season 8 participant, Richard Hatch. Participant. <laughs> <laughs> um, as well as Patricia Jackson from season 4, Steve Wright from season 22, and Julia... Sikowski from season 32. April 9th, happy birthday to Earl Cole from season 14 and Vince Mua from season 39. On April 10th, we have Burton Roberts from season 7 and Cowboy Bowie from season 13. Cowboy. Remember Cowboy? Uh, that's not how I would have spelled it. <laughs> I can't read that for Daylight Savings Time, okay? Oh, right, right. Um, April 11th, happy birthday to Ruth Marie Milliman from season 12, Nad uh, Nadia Anderson from season 29, and Natalie Anderson from season 29 and season 40. April 12th, happy birthday to Dean Kowalski from season 39. And April 13th, happy birthday to our very own Joel Klug from season 1. Eric Cardona from season 19, and Eric Hafeman from season 38. There are no birthdays on April 14th, so April 15th, happy birthday to Eddie Fox from season 26, and Tom Laidlaw from season 39. And April 16th, again, very fitting, happy birthday to Jeff Varner from season 2, season 31, and season 34, and Jeremy Collins from season 29, season 31, and season 40. All right, so I think that about wraps us. So I'm Hannah. I'm Kylie. And thanks for listening to Back Up for Grabs. We're actually going to be back on April 19th after Easter for season two. So keep an eye out for new episodes. And please remember to subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to podcasts. And go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram, Back Up for Grabs. Twitter, Back Up for Grabs underscore. Or you can email us at backupforgrabspod at gmail.com.